And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's totally terrific, totally transforming, totally triumphant. Tuesday, as we find unity from the Father, through the Son, and by the Holy Spirit, all for the glory of God Almighty. First, to open up today's show, we're going to do something a little different, as though that's different. We are going to examine a passage that has created complexities for many. It may not be as tricky as when we examine it word by word and principle by principle. This text is coming from 2 Kings 2. The portion has to do with Elisha. The issue is a group that insults the prophet. The surprise actors in this drama are the she-bearers that respond to the command of God. The result is much deeper than what first appears. A politician said he would never believe the Bible with a story like this. And that's nothing short of God sending him strong delusions so that that guy will believe a lie. 2 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians 2.11. Next, we also do a visit with our great friend, Pastor Ray, who's gone, but not gone, because he's hanging with JC, and he's not forgotten because his kingdom efforts will endure for eternity. In fact, just listening to that Phil yesterday with Pastor Ray really just like, oh, move me. Pastor Ray writes about compassion. His power of compassion, referring to the Lord, is released in our lives and all the lives around us through the love of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of God's compassion is glorious, and without his compassion in operation, we will never, ever see the real miracle power of God. Wow. And finally, at the end of the day, what drives you? What is it that you hear, see, feel, smell, or taste that gets your smile flying and your blood pumping? Back in the day before wokeness destroyed most sports, it was football and hockey for me. But the truth is that it's more profound than that for all of us. I didn't get out of bed to watch sports, but I did get out of bed for a reason. What is your reason for getting out of bed? Is it Jesus? David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Spiritual observations. My life's insanities. And oy vey, so much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us during the show, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. Now, remember, when you type in David, you got to do it with that sound. David. So when you're ready, you got to go, David, like that. Uh, also, you can uh, text us, 214-210-8483. You don't got to have any kind of sound with that. 
972-445-0770. Or you can call us at 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. But let me tell you, when you make that call to 972-445-0770, oh my, you will be talking to Dynamite D. Hello, lucky person. You got the number right, because you are talking to kid, a dynamite. Dynamite! Let me tell you what it's like to talk to Dynamite D. Some of you will love this and some of you won't, but I love this, and that's what counts. Talking to Dynamite D is like having the best piece of prime rib with ajou sauce and horseradish right on the side. We're getting very expensive, Dave. Oh, man, I'm hungry now. That is just like, please. Please. <laughs> that's just, you know. That's right. A juice sauce. That's right. Not a juice sauce. A juice. Okay, never mind. Come on. Hey, you now want to stay. Come on now. Come on. What do you do? If you've got an opinion, a thought, a comment, or a question, you are welcome to reach out to us. That's kind of the gig. The gig is we're trying to encourage one another, strengthen one another. We know the Lord's return is getting closer and closer. With the way things are going in the world, you just look at it and you go, I don't know how much longer it can go. It just doesn't seem like it can go very much longer. Why do you think they do all those movies about people leaving Earth? It's like there's a reason for that, right? So the bottom line of that, again, is, hey, reach out to us. Interact. If you've got a prayer request, let's talk about it. Let's pray about it. If you've got a praise report, share it. Those things are blessings. When you share what the Lord has done in your life or what he's doing in your life or what you're believing he's going to do in your life, that blesses people. It gives them courage to believe better and more. And it's like, that's what we're supposed to do. Help one another, bless one another, strengthen one another. You can reach out to us in all those different ways. Here's your first big trivia question for the day. It'll be a little tougher. Normally our first one's easier, but this is a, we didn't do one earlier, so I'm carrying it over. In which of his letters okay, does Paul – all right, so you already know this is a Paulinian letter. In which of his letters does Paul say that Christians must not mind – if their earthly bodies are destroyed because they have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven. Which of the letters is that in? Here's your big hint. We're getting ready to teach on this letter. I mean, there it is. You got to know that right there. There it is. That's the big one right there. If you can't figure that out from that hint. You don't listen to the show. You don't listen. You're not listening. Okay. <laughs> you can call 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483 or send an email, david at hemusincrease.org. Joy, Ann, and Cordelia get the pow-pow on that. It just reminded me of something my mom would say. And you think I'm kidding? This is not. You know how they always do those jokes and you know all the people, the Jewish writers and do great comedy? In our family, these these are the reasons these jokes come about, because they're real. So my mom would call us, and she would say, you don't love me anymore? You don't call me? You don't want to know what's going on in my life? What kind of son are you? Oh, I'm sorry, Mom. All right, Mom. What's going on in your life? Don't ask. <laughs> so she'd say, you sit there and go, you just, you just guilted me all the way through. And then I'm asking, and you say, don't ask. Does that not bother you at all, Mom? 
Let me tell you. <laughs> That's how it goes. Okay. All right. Trivia question. So listen to the trivia question. This is one of those Paulinian letters, right? We already know there's 13 of them. Remember? Eight on the general epistles in the New Testament, including Hebrews. 13 on the Paulinian letters. So it's one of the 13. And I'm going to be teaching on this soon in this particular letter. We've not yet taught it, but we're getting ready to teach it. In which of his letters does Paul say the Christians must not mind if their earthly bodies are destroyed because they have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven? 972-445-0770 plus 214-210-8483 plus david at he must increase.org now we got a lot to do and i'm all so far behind it's not even funny but we're still doing our dna because we need that now more than ever so let's do our dna d stands for draw closer to the lord daily 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 spend time with the lord i think it's great that you guys listen to the show i am not the lord you are not the lord, we are not the lord. go to the closet and spend time with the lord you know, they're the big uh, woke people get out of the closet, get out of the closet. Here's a good one. Go back in the closet because that's where the Lord is and that's where you're supposed to be praying. Thank you. And never be ashamed of Jesus or his words. Never, 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 never. Dave, that was like hate speech. Too bad. A, always be ready to serve, To serve, which means that you are aware of other people and not just thinking about yourself. You think about how's that person doing? How's that person? What's that going on with them? What's I haven't heard from this person for a while. You should be concerned about praying about that, thinking about that, right? We haven't heard from Mary for a while. Hope she's doing well, right? That's the kind of stuff we're talking about. That's the DNA. All right, back to the trivia, and then we'll talk about a few things, and then I'm going to— I'll probably break because this teaching we're going to do on Elijah, Elijah is just people are going to be like, what? And I was praying today thinking this show is not going to go anything the way I think it's going to go, is it? I just knew it. Uh, in which of his letters does Paul say the Christians must not mind if their earthly bodies are destroyed because they have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven? This is from a letter that I'm getting ready to teach on. Once first John is over. There you go. So you got to know what that is. All right. That's one. That's two. That's three. Here's the next thing. Um, I want to pray for the audience. Okay. Could we pray for healings? Because I want to pray for people because I know people are hurting. So let's do that. Let's, uh, let's do the prayer thing. Uh, Father, we come before you right now, and you are Jehovah Rapha. You are the God that heals. You are merciful and gracious, and people need healing, Lord, and they don't just need healing in their bodies, although many people do. They also need healings in their heart. And so for the brokenhearted, you are the solution. And for the broken bodies, you are the solution. So, so, so true that you are the creator of the body. You are the creator of a person's mind. You are the creator of the human race. And you do an excellent job, Lord. We're all fantastic masterpieces. But some of us are hurting. And we need a touch from the Most High. We need our creator to breathe into us again for physical and emotional and even psychological pains. And we ask for your healing. We do, because we need it. And we're not, you know, not going to twist your arm. We're just asking you. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. We ask you 
to bring your healing power into our lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the Lord's just doing his own thing. We'll just kind of go with the flow and see what it is. Uh, I do want to let you guys know something, by the way. Uh, so we're closing out one book. I'm not going to say what the next book is that we're teaching on because that's the trivia question. However, we are also closing out another book. And so now I've got four or five books to choose from. <laughs> Here we go again. Okay, so we're either going to do, uh, well, which probably one of these three, First Timothy, James, or Samuel, because we haven't done a lot of history, so we're looking at Samuel. Plus, nobody's uh, really petitioning a lot for the minor or the major prophets, which, and I know why, because if you do Isaiah, it's long. <laughs> 66 chapters, it's long. We'll be doing that two years from now. I'm <laughs> just saying it'll go on forever. I understand. I understand that. But but I'm thinking history too because history is cool because it changes and it's got a it's not just prophetic words and so on and so forth. So anyway, just uh, be aware of that and uh, be praying for us. And then the last thing I'm gonna tell you, and we'll we'll mention this at the bottom. But we are hurting, and we just need uh, we need to be able to pay the rent. We need to be able to. Dave needs to be able to pay the rent. We've been here five years. I said to Noelle, I said, does this seem like we're in the same place we were five years ago? She goes, yeah. She goes, we're just a little smarter in some things. <laughs> That's her way of saying, not in everything, Dave. Thanks, honey. All right, we'll take our break. Then we'll come back. Then we'll get into this massively cool teaching. You're, oh, should we do the trivia answer? I guess we probably should. Second Corinthians. See, that's what we're going to be teaching. I say Corinthians. Yeah, but I didn't second say which Corinthians. One. I don't care if you say two Corinthians. It's what it is. What's what we're teaching? Okay. That's where that comes from. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Get ready. Have you ever wanted to get involved with a ministry that promotes Jesus Christ as Lord, but just don't know how? Serving in ministry is a matter of devotion, time, and talent. Are you looking for a place to try and test the waters? Do you want to get involved? Come join the Ambassadors Initiative. Be an ambassador for the David Spoon Experience. It doesn't pay great. Actually, it doesn't pay anything. But the eternal benefits are out of this world. Be a representative. Why not? It couldn't hurt. Well, we hope not anyway. You don't need to be a professionally qualified minister. You need to have a pulse. By that, we mean you need to have a heart. Just go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Click on the three lines at the top right of the website and then click on the Ambassadors Initiative link. Fill out the form and we will reach out to you. Sorry. No parking tickets will be paid for you as an ambassador through this position. Then they complained to Moses against Moses and Aaron, and they said it had been better for us to die in Egypt or even here in the wilderness. Their theory in that thought process is they're thinking it'd be better for us if we just died in the wilderness or back in Egypt where we know where things were at as opposed to going to a new land and being consumed by these big people. This is a terrible idea. There's some commentators that believe that their complaining really has to do with they, they thought it would be better to die over time in the wilderness or over time in Egypt versus going to the land and being immediately killed by these big people. And they were bumming. And look what they said. Wouldn't it be better to go back to Egypt? How quick we forget what the bondage is once you're out. Oh, how quickly do you forget the bondages that God brought you through once you're away from it? 
Like, whoa, whoa, I don't remember being that bad. The David Spoon Experience on 770 KAAM. What is the David Spoon Experience, you say? I'll put it to you like this. Do you love a good joke that's pretty bad? What do you call an animal that doesn't practice what it preaches? A hippocritopotamus. <laughs> Come on. Do you love being able to ask questions, comments, or having someone to pray for you? Do you have an opinion, a comment, a thought, or a question? We don't want it to die of loneliness. We want it to have a chance. And last but not least, do you love some trivia? All right, we got our trivia question. Uh, who made clothes out of leaves that were sewed together? Somebody want to answer the trivia question? Oh, okay, hold on. Hold on. Here you go. This is David. Who am I talking to? We're talking to Mary. This is Al. This is Brother Ace. This is Eric. This is Deborah. Now, if that doesn't make you curious, maybe you should tune in and check it out for yourself. Think of me as the big brother that won't go away. <laughs> That's me. Tune in to the David Spoon Experience weekdays at 1.30 p.m. on 770 KAAM. Sometimes I Sometimes Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas, getting ready for our trivia question. Now, I am looking for one answer, not two answers. <laughs> Is that, is that a nice way to say what I'm saying? I'm looking for one answer. So it's just not two answers. Just one answer should be one word. Don't give me any more than one word. It's one word. Okay? What was the color of the fourth horse mentioned in Revelation 6? Just the color. Okay? Just, just the color. See, this goes back to my days when we were in junior high school. You probably never heard this before. But what color was Washington's white horse? And people go, well, I don't know. It's white. That's white horse. Okay. Anyway, I'm just looking for the color. Okay, nothing else. Leave it there. If you think, you know, 972-445-0770, yes, you should look it up. Uh, only one word answer. 214-210-8483 is the text. And then David at he must increase dot org is, uh, the, uh, email. Okay. Okay. Two very, very, very fast jokes. Ready? Very fast jokes. Ready? So I don't want to hear anything about anybody getting upset about this. A young boy of five was looking at his parents' wedding pictures in the family album. His father described the ceremony and tried to explain its meaning. In a flash, the young boy understood or thought he did. I think I got it, he exclaimed. That's when mom came to work for us, right? Exactly right there. But this one is great. Listen to this. A teacher showed her class a magnet and how it drew things to itself. Later, to test their listening ability, she asked, My name starts with M, and I pick up things. Who am I? And the children hollered out, Mother! <laughs> Not magnet, see, mother. Okay. Back to the trivia question, apparently. Okay. What uh, what was the color of the fourth horse mentioned in Revelation 6? All you got to do, by the way, is look up uh, 
Revelation 6. If you can't look it up, you got to be able to guess. You probably know some of the colors. Probably want to guess. Uh, 972-445-0770 is the phone number. 214-210-8483 is the text. David at hemusincrease.org is the email. Okay, here we go. Ready? This text has created so many problems for people, and I understand it, but I want to teach it, which means I'm going to expound upon it, okay? That's what it means, all right? This is from a portion in 2 Kings, okay? So I want you to understand what's going on. 2 Kings chapter 2, and we're going to pick this up at verse 23. This is when Elisha, okay, did you hear that? Elisha. This is when Elisha is in charge. And uh, this is the encounter with the kids. Ready? All right. He went up from there to Bethel. And as he was going up to the road, some youths came out of the city and mocked him and said to him, Go up, you bald head. Go up, you bald head. So he turned around and looked at them and pronounced a curse on them in the name of the Lord. And two female bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of the youths. Then he went from there to Mount Carmel, and from there he returned to Samaria. Okay? Listen to the text. All right? Some youths came from the city and mocked him. The ancient Hebrew word that's translated youths here means young men in a very broad sense. How broad of a sense. This term youth was applied to Joseph when he was 39 years old in Genesis 41, 12. To, this is when he, uh, it also applied to Absalom as an adult. So what I'm trying to say is that when it says youth, you're thinking 12, 13, 14, okay, in biblical terms, 0 to 20 is a child, 20 to 40 is a young person or a young adult, 40 to 60 is an adult, and 60 plus is an elder. That's it. That's it. Isn't that, not that complex? It's like kids, 0 to 20. Young people, 20 to 40. Uh, 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 man or a woman, 40 to 60. Elder, 60 plus. So it's like, okay. Just like they have four watches in the night, they had four different things in there. So what we're going to do is we're going to take our caller, bring them on, let them answer the question. Then I'm going to go back and explain why that's important. Did you get that? Did you get that? All right. All right, let's have that person come on through, and then we'll let them answer the trivia question. Uh, knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is Gary. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good, Gary. How are you feeling? Okay, I guess. Okay, I'm going to pray for you because I'm in this praying mood, So, and I'm really glad that you called. And But I am only looking for a one-word answer. <laughs> and the reason is because the next trivia question is connected to it. So I, I think you can probably figure out where I'm going from there. But here's the straightforward question. What was the color of the fourth horse mentioned in Revelation 6? Pale. That is correct, Amanda! 
Exactly right. That's exactly what I want. I'm just going to leave it there because the next question is going to build upon that, obviously. Can I, can I pray for you real quickly? You don't sure. mind, do you? All right, let's pray. Father, we come before you right now. Lift up our dear brother Gary. We ask in the name of Jesus that you would touch his body, that you would physically heal him and strengthen him and give him tenacity and give him vitality and energy that you speak of in your word. Please pour yourself into him. Bless him and refresh our brother. We pray your blessings in his life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen, and thank you very much. I prayed for all of you Sunday, and I'll continue to pray for you. Thank you, bro. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Excellent job by our brother. Excellent, excellent work. Just going to leave it there because the next question builds on that, and you'll understand when we get there. Okay. Now, I want to go back to this text, and I want to, I'm going to take a little longer because it's super important. Okay? So when it says some youths came from the city and mocked him, there's this mindset that these are 12, 13, 14, 15-year-olds. They're probably 28, 29, 30, 35. I mean, it's probably more in that sense, okay? So I'm just telling you that so you can be aware, especially when the same word is applied to Joseph when he's 39 in Genesis 41, 12, okay? Now the next thing. These youths were from Bethel. And their mocking presence shows the continued opposition to the true prophet in Bethel. Okay, why? Because Bethel was the chief center of pagan calf worship. So they were mocking the religious. They were mocking. Okay, now they said this, and you got to think, why would they see this? And we're going to kind of deal with that. Go up, you bald head. <laughs> Like, well, go up, you bald head, that poor guy, right? This both mocked Elisha, okay, and his connection to Elijah. You want to know why? You're probably thinking, what does that mean? The, The reason is because Elijah was extremely hairy, remember? He's hairy all over the place. And here, here's Elisha, and he's not like that. So compared to Elijah, Elisha's kind of like looking thin in the hair department. And they say to him, go up, you bald head. What's that in reference to? How did Elijah disappear? The rumor in the mill, we know it to be true because it's in Scripture, was that Elijah was taken up by a whirlwind. Go up. And so they were mocking Elijah and Elijah and the God that they both served. You understand that differential? It's a big difference. So when it says that, it's probably not a lack of hair that they called him bald as much as it is a comparison of those of the of the him and Elijah. I just want you to catch that. Because what he does next, and then we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna say this real quick, and then we're gonna take our break. What he does next, he does actually brilliantly. The scripture says he turned around and looked at them, and pronounced a curse on them in the name of the Lord. He didn't do anything else. You just gotta stop right there. Elijah and Eli. Shah didn't do anything of their own power anyway. It's always God's power. But he just said, you're cursed in the name of the Lord. And then the Lord brought the curse. So now the contention is not with the prophet. If you have a contention, it's with God. When we get back, you're going to catch what a lot of people miss in this text, which is very, 
very important. We'll take a break and come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Can't stand the skill, can't stand the shame. It may be false, but it feels... What is the David Spoon Experience? When you are in the presence of the Lord and His presence is strengthening you, and we talked about that can happen through the Word of God, through prayer, and through fellowship. And then you go through some process where somebody sends you a text or somebody sends you a letter or somebody calls you or somebody sends you an email or somebody looks at you funny or somebody kind of glances or somebody says something about you or you hear something about yourself or you eat the wrong kind of tacos and you just feel bad and the joy is sucking away at the moment. Here is the answer while the devil is trying to take your joy away. Here is the key for the next 365 days for your life. When the devil takes the joy away by robbing you, you go back into the presence of God again. When the devil comes in and robs you and takes that joy, will you get up off your duff or your blessed assurance and you go into the presence of God again, be it prayer, be it Bible, be it fellowship, be it worship, be it whatever. I don't care. Get up and get back in the presence of God again. And when the devil comes around the second time and knocks on your door and you open it and he takes it from you again, then you get off your blessed assurance again and you get back into the presence of God again. And when he does it a third time, you do it again. And when he does it a fourth time, you do it again. Because the strength of the Lord is in the joy of the Lord, which is found in the presence of the Lord. And when he comes a-robbing, you go to refill. When the tank is empty, put gas in it. When you're depleted, fill it up. And you think, well, I can't do that. Why not? You did it the first time. Yes, but that was special. Why? Because you tried? Try again. But you don't understand. No, I don't care. That's much, much more heartless to say that, huh? That's a good one. I don't care. It doesn't matter. I, don't, I care about the truth. I don't care about somebody's, well, my perception. Well, good for you. God bless you. When you can figure out that you can argue with God, let me know how that goes. If you win that argument, you come back. You can take the throne. But you ain't going to win it. So when the enemy comes and he comes a-stealing, you do exactly what you need to do to take it back. If he steals from you, you take it right back. Why? Because you can. Because he's not empowered to keep it from you. He's empowered to take it momentarily. You're empowered to take it right back. Take it. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMN 770, the truth station here in Texas. Days like today, see, I love these days because in the first 30 minutes, there's this teaching about Jesus and understanding what he meant when he said, hey, you know, the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. So you get that perspective. That's called learning. 
It's like, yeah, yeah, you're growing that. And now we're getting into this other text that's in 2 Kings chapter 2, and you're getting to find out, hey, hey, there's more going on than meets the eye, and that's called learning. And then you get to understand the Lord better because you understand what he has to say better. I love, 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 love this. I mean, this is the best stuff ever, okay? I'm just telling you, it's just how I feel. Uh, by the way, for those that uh, are not aware, and we did to finally get the Second Corinthians answer, so that, that part was good. So the next book, so we're finishing First John, and we're doing, uh, we're going to be doing Second Corinthians to replace that. I didn't realize it, but we we're almost done with First Peter. I was like, wow, I just didn't realize that we only got like three or four left. So I went over our list. We've done, we're teaching, we either have taught or are teaching on Matthew, Acts, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 Peter, Hebrews, 1 John, Psalms, Nehemiah, Ezra, and Job. So that's why we're at 1 Timothy, James, Samuel, or one of the prophets, just to kind of keep you aware of that. Okay? All right. Next trivia question, building on the last trivia question. Remember, uh, the remember. it's very simple. We asked that question, what uh, was the color of the fourth horse? The answer was pale. Okay. In Revelation chapter 6, what was the name of the rider on the pale horse? That's the next trivia question. In other words, the horse, the fourth rider, he was, it was the pale. What's the name of the rider? Hmm. Nice job, Joanne and Cordelia. If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david at he must increase.org. We're going to send you up to the website. Uh, now, just go to the website, check it out. There's encouraging stuff on the website. Go to he must increase. Dot org. Prayer request? Hemosincrease.org. Praise report? Hemosincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemosincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? He must increase.org. He must increase.org. <laughs> Much better, though. <laughs> yeah, that's the one I like. I like that with the bugs thing because that reminds me. I'm a doctor because nobody else seems to remember. <laughs> Especially my kids. It's like so funny. Anyhow, you know what's really bad is I got my, my uh, diploma, right? It's still in the box from the cop. I was like, we got to put that up. I got to hang that up and celebrate. <laughs> At some point, I got to hang that thing up. Uh, okay. Uh, so we uh, have our trivia question, and then we're going to we're going to do history, and then we're going to go back into this teaching. So the question is: In Revelation six, what was the name of the rider on the pale horse? Do not say Clint Eastwood, even though uh, he was in that movie, Pale Rider. Okay, just just don't don't say that. Uh, 972-445-0770, 214-210-8483 is the text. David at he must increase dot org. Let's do as soon as I can find it. History. Let's do history. Let's go Alright, for those that want to know, today is clean out your refrigerator day. That was good. <laughs> I just think that's great. I think the way to clean it out is to eat what's in there. Okay. <laughs> the way you go about it. Okay. National Raisin Brand Cereal Day. Okay. I went through a very short spurt where I like Raisin Brand. 
Dynamite D giving the thumbs down. Now, is Raisin Bran similar to the Frosted Flakes? Yeah, no, see, Frosted Flakes are great. I know. See, see, yeah, so come on, that's not fair. All right, uh, that's a good one. And then today, Little Red Wagon Day. Did you have a, a wagon at all when you were a kid? I didn't, but my neighbors did. They did? Okay. Was it like a little radial flyer wagon? One of those. Well, the wagon that you yeah. pull. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's right, people. These are the spiritual things. Uh, today in 1969, Dave Thomas opened the first Wendy's restaurant. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. 1977, on this day, Close Encounters of the Third Kind opened in the theater. Oh, that's a good movie. And then uh, finally, on this day in 1926, so uh, 94, was it, was it 96? So it's uh, 94 years ago, uh, the first United States, States nationwide radio network, first nationwide radio network in the U.S. began broadcasting the National Broadcasting Company, which is what NBC is, though, you know. Unfortunately, now it stands for, uh, NBC stands for No Bible Christians. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, I, you didn't know that? I thought it was something like that. Yeah. CNN stands for Christians Not Necessary. <laughs> Don't even get me going. I have one for every one of them. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Uh, Revelation chapter 6, what was the name of the rider on the pale horse? Yes, I'm having fun. I hope you are too. You cannot just always bang your head against the door. Okay? Sometimes you just got to look up and smile and say, let's do it. You know what I'm saying? You got to have a little bit of fun in the Lord. You have to. If the joy of the Lord is your strength, you got to have some of that going, right? All right. If you can't smile, there's something wrong. That means your face is too bittered. Don't be like that. All right. Uh, somebody is calling in, so I don't want to get into the teaching yet, so we're going to give them a chance to answer the trivia question. The trivia question is in Revelation 6. What was the name of the writer on the pale horse? Uh, additionally, if you want to text him while somebody's on hold right there, 214-210-8483, or send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. We're going to wait on that one uh, because I think they were an order of pizza, so that didn't work out. Okay. All right. Uh, let's go into the text now. So I want you to understand what's going on with the judgment on the youths at Bethel. I'll read it again, and I'm not going to rehash what we hashed, but I want to get into it. Uh, they went from there to he, then he went from there to Bethel, and as he was going up the road, some youths came. We already discussed that from the city and mocked him. Said, "Go up, you bald head! Go up, you bald head!" So he turned around and looked at them and pronounced a curse on them in the name of the Lord. Then two female bears came out of the woods and mauled forty-two of the youths. Then he went from there to Mount Carmel, or Carmel, and uh, from there he returned to Samaria. So a couple things to keep in mind. First, Elijah, Elijah was hairy. Elisha was not hairy like him. Elijah went up in a whirlwind. Elisha was a follower of him, so they're kind of mocking him. Go up, you bald head, go up. <laughs> There's 42 youths, a good translation, I think, in the Hebrew. You can argue that. doesn't bother me. The, it was this, that two female bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of the youths. That doesn't mean there was 42. It means there was at least 42 or 42 that were mauled. Could have been 100. I mean, you don't know. Right? Okay. The 42 uh, bears were struck, or the 42 uh, uh, youths were struck by the bears, two female bears, 
right? Literally, God was the one who sent them because all he did was pronounce a curse in the name of the Lord. It's very important to understand what it says and what it doesn't say, right? Here's the thing to correct or to catch, okay? Uh, they, they uh, bears did exist in that time frame, in that area. The, since there's 42 boys that were struck by bears, the group may have been quite larger, therefore dangerous, possibly out of control, perhaps, perhaps, this is conjunction, uh, it's a theory. Elisha may have needed miraculous intervention, possible, that's uh, an opinion of somebody, but it does not say the victims were killed. The word translated mauled indicates less serious injuries. The ultimate outcome of the miracle was to break up the gang, frighten off the offenders, and uh, prepare the entire village. So the idea that these 42 bears came out and killed the 42, or the two bears came out, she bears, and killed the 42 youths is not accurate, youths. Here's what is accurate. They made fun of God. They made fun of Elijah. They made fun of Elisha. They were in the uh, uh, Bethel, which was a well-known haven for for being uh, paganistic. And so he pronounced a curse on them. Forty-two of them got beat to smithereens by two female bears. That's for sure. Get it? That's a for sure. Did they die? Probably not. Were they seriously wounded? Probably more so than they anticipated. What the what, what's the what's the really the moral of the story? Don't insult God or the prophets. Why would you do that? That's dumb. And again, it's not Elisha that's creating the bears to do this. God did this. Only God could pull out two she bears and go. So, and the reason I want to bring this up is because uh, Brother Ace brought up a really good point. I want to acknowledge that, that it's like, look, you got to have respect. There's a, there's a point where you can disrespect way too far, and the Lord will then respond, and there will be judgment to deal with that, regardless. The, the idea that they were killed is just not likely. It's just not really what the flow of the text is, not what the word means. The fact that a politician thinks that the story gives him a reason not to believe the Bible tells you ahead of time, that, kid, that guy's not chosen. He's not going in. That guy, unless he has a major repentance scenario, which he won't because he's in favor of killing babies once they're out of the womb, which is unbelievable, which is murder, which, by the way, it's a murder in the womb. Well, that's besides the point, especially in Leviticus, when if you knocked over a woman who was pregnant and there was a miscarriage, it was that's where the phrase death, life for life, tooth for tooth, that's what came from. Like, just out of so my point in telling you this is to understand the fullness of the text. Is God brutal when you insult him? You bet. Did he wipe out those kids? Probably not. If he did, would anybody have anything to say? No. You don't insult God. You don't insult his prophets. And if you don't like it, you're subject to his judgment. And that's how it goes. Period. Okay. Uh, in Revelation chapter 6, what was the name of the rider on the pale horse? Do you know, by any chance? Do you know? Well, we had a caller who answered it, but he didn't want to come on here. Okay, did you want to answer for him? Death. That is correct, Amundo! That caller was correct, Amundo! So we give a 
Air high five, correctamundo, to that caller. Nice job. All right, we'll take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Who is David Spoon? I have no idea. People have asked me about the David Spoon experience. They wanted to know what I thought of him. Like any person searching for answers, I have wondered about him. He was born and raised Jewish and after intense drug use, became a Christian. He's married to his best friend, Noel, has three children, seven grandchildren, plus two dogs named Levi and Bert. He has three separate ordinations from three different denominations and is a summa cum laude for his BA degree in ministry and leadership, as well as a master's degree in theological studies and a doctorate in strategic ministry. He has a weird sense of humor and talks a lot. If people are seeking wisdom and insight from the great teachers around the world, would they go to David? Nah, I don't think so. And those big ears really don't help him. But would they enjoy his perspective on life, culture, politics, food, sports, local and national news? I don't know. I guess people will have to listen to find out. What is the David Spoon experience? Then he says this, don't be afraid. Why should you not be afraid? Because what fear does is immobilizes a person, stops them from moving forward, and it also eats away at faith. Fear has this way. It's kind of like if you think of faith as, uh, I'll do this now, as uh, uh, chocolate ice cream that has peanut butter in it, okay? Uh, That's faith, okay? Fear is like somebody drilling a hole underneath and then taking a little spoon and then pulling some of that faith down, a little scoop by scoop by scoop by scoop. And you don't want your faith reduced because God requires faith to us to engage with him in. That's his requirement. That's the vehicle by which he has chosen to engage with humanity. You don't think God could have said, it's me, you're going to believe, or I'm going to turn you into a fish. I mean, you don't think God could have done that? But he chose the vehicle of faith because that's what he wanted from those that would come to him. A confidence, an assurance in the goodness of God. So Jesus, the first thing he says, ignore it. Don't be afraid of it. And then he does this one radically crazy, nutsy cuckoo line. Just believe. And we use that in movies and in books and in fairy tales and all that stuff. We're not talking about any of that stuff. This is believing, looking at a situation just like Abraham did, just like we talked yesterday, how Abraham looked at the circumstance, didn't deny he was old, didn't deny he was past childbearing, and said, I'm just going to believe God anyway. Uh, that attitude of just believe, it's taking a stand in the framework of your faith that says, I'm not moving. I'm, here I am. Call me Bulldog. I'm right here. I'm not going nowhere. My faith is solid. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas where I almost had to do jury duty, but there was no jury duty today in Rockwall County. <laughs> That's good stuff. That's nice. 
She was so nice. She was like, that's so nice. She called and asked. I was like, yeah, I went online, did this. Just want to make sure, you know. Um, here you go. What a great trivia question. If you don't know this, this is one you should listen to. It's excellent. Excellent. Okay. In the year of the Lord's favor, instead of a spirit of despair, what will the people have? In the year of the Lord's favor, instead of the spirit of despair, what will the people have? You can check that out in Isaiah. That's one place you can do it. Plus, you can check that out in Luke. There's two places to check that out. Uh, actually, it's Isaiah, more specifically Isaiah. That would be a better way to say it. If you think you know, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, david at he must org. Okay? All right. Uh, I want to do this teaching. This is a really, really, really good teaching. Um, <clears throat> this is from Pastor Ray, so he's my friend. This is, remember, he was kind of winding down on this stuff, but I have been thinking about this particular teaching for uh, probably about a week because I, I, I think there's something to this that I have not accessed that I would like to access. I'd like to figure it out. It's kind of a nice way to say that. So this is what Pastor Ray did. I'm just going to do the whole thing. Uh, if you know the trivia, great. If not, I'll do it at the end. We'll do our best. Here's what Pastor Ray wrote. He wrote, what's following you? Here's what he had to say. So Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes. Matthew chapter 20, verse 34. One of the ways Jesus showed his love was by taking time to listen. And just listen. One of the ways Jesus showed his love was by taking the time to listen, asking questions and listening to people, open hearts, allowing the Holy Spirit to work. Compassion releases the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, can you just say amen? I mean, you're going to blaze in something. Compassion releases the power of of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to say it again. Just listen to this. Compassion releases the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus had compassion for the multitudes, and the people were healed and fed. Compassion creates an atmosphere for miracles. It might not be a visible miracle, like a healing of a blind eye, though it certainly could be. A healed heart, spiritual eyesight, or an ability to see the need for salvation also requires a miracle. When we have compassion for others, we are emotionally engaged and moved to do something. Jesus had compassion for the two blind men in Jericho and touched them. He did not always touch people when healing them. Sometimes he just gave the word, as in the case of the centurion's servant, Matthew 8, 8 through 13. And he healed from a distance. Miracles can't be reduced to a technique. Hello? They are not something you learn. And a miracle is certainly not something to do for its own sake or a show or on demand. But as sons and daughters of the king, we have the delegated authority of Jesus. As ambassadors of the kingdom, we have the kingdom's backing. 
When we come into alignment with the will of God, we can pray and release the word of God for healing and other needs. In compassion, we can lay hands on people and command sickness to leave in Jesus' name. We're not the healers. He is. He does what he wants, when he wants, and how he wants. But he has stated that miraculous signs will follow those who believe. Wouldn't it be great to turn around and with a spiritual eye see a bunch of miracles following us, just waiting to be released, waiting for us to act in faith to what Jesus tells us to do? People are desperate for compassion. Ask the Lord to open your spiritual eyes to see others' needs, and then you'll see what's following you. You know, I just can't... Right? That was really good. I mean, come on. Especially the compassion. Bit. Oh, my goodness. Compassion releases the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes we'll pray for people. I don't know if you guys have noticed it or not. So we, we pray for people. And uh, sometimes it's it goes better than others. I mean, so it's the prayers or whatever. But there's just something about that, uh, that teaching and that truth within the framework of Scripture that Jesus operated with this compassion that he really cared and and we talk about caring and um you know loving people but but i think as as christians you know some of it it's not that it's show it's just some of it's not all the way in there it's just partly there or whatever the case may be but you know pray for a person and it's really serious uh, however if something happens to your animal your pet you're just full of i mean the passion rises up it's like we need that part in us all the time you know something we need that we need and and it's not that it's not there. It is there. It's just that we don't tap it or we've sinned out so much and burnt some of us, some of our love out or whatever, whatever that phrasing is, whatever that theology is, we just don't have it the same way or, you know, maybe you've been burned or maybe you're hurt and you're just like, ah, oh, you know, that bitterness kind of keeps it all down. That's what we need to ask the Lord. Lord, help us to have that compassion. Help us to know that that connection to people. And that way, when we pray for people, let it be so real. It's the one thing in my in my Christian journey and all these things. So being a Baptist, um, I, you know, I, I'm absolutely plumb line, word of God's the authority. I don't care. It doesn't matter. There's nothing you can say to me. I mean, God created the universe. He can write a book. And then I happen to enjoy some of the ministries that have uh, different things that take place there that are miraculous. I hate the ones that are shows, but I love the ones that where something really happens and something's cool. And they don't happen every single hour of every single day. So I don't know where that comes from because that's I even mean, Jesus didn't do that. You know, he went to the hospital, the, the hospital of the day. Only one person in that whole place got healed. Okay, so I just just <laughs> stop that. Okay, but there's a desire to see the real stuff. Not the projected or fake or anything. I mean, you just want to see the real power of God because it dra- it draws you closer into the Lord, and it's just like you love that. That's what I want. It's just a passion, man. It's just what I want. And I think it comes with something you said the other day: carrying one another's burdens. That's it goes right along. Yeah, with that. there's really a there's a great them. truth to that. There's a, it's really it's good insight, uh, D, because it's like when you really care, you pray different. 
I mean, you do. You just, you do. I mean, yeah. I was praying to Levi's, Levi's a little sick. Now, most of you guys know he's older, and I'm not even going to tell you if, if something happens to Levi, how bad it's going to be in our house because Noel is like, oh, my gosh, it's going to be. We won't talk about that. So uh, what, I'm just telling you. So, uh, you know, if I'm gone for a week, that's why. Anyway, so I'm praying for him. To, and it's like, I just, I love this little guy. He's just been our little... He's like a little angel. She's got more pictures of him than the kids. It's sad. That's sad. But don't – well, the kids know, so I can't say anything. So my point is there's a real care. There's a real genuine caring and connection. We need that. I don't have that. I have it sometimes, you know, when people call in. We had a caller call in this week, share uh, uh, testimony or on Friday. I, I – that – I just moved by that. But I want to be moved all the time. I want my heart to be soft. I got a lot of yuck in me. <laughs> and we all. Yeah. Yes, we do. We all do, which is why it's so funny because once, you know, some people are like, you put people on pedestals like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. Okay. All right. Uh, listen to this. One of my faves. And actually, I know a guy who wrote a song about this. In the year of the Lord's favor, instead of a spirit of despair, what will people have? A garment of praise. Wow. You put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Isn't that just, just listen, it's right in Isaiah. I can't remember if it's 56 or not, but or 53, 50, something, something. It's in the 50s or the 60s, 50s or 60s, somewhere in there. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Praise it out. <laughs> I love it. All right. All right, folks, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.